You can turn over. And we're actually going to be a number of places in your Bible. You can just look up on the screen, turn as we go, whichever you would like to do. But there was a New York City businessman who moved to the country and, and bought a piece of land. And he went to the local feed and livestock store and talked to the proprietor about how he was going to take up chicken farming. He then asked to buy 100 chicks. He said, that's a lot of chicks. He says, well, I'm from New York, and I mean business. So he took his 100 chicks on home, and a few weeks later, he showed back up at the feed store, and he said, I need another 100 chicks. He says, boy, you really are serious about this chicken farming. He said, absolutely. He said, I just need to iron out a few problems, but, you know, we're on our way. Well, he said, what kind of problems do you have? He says, well, I think I planted that last batch too close together. Oh, dear. No, when we're sowing for the kingdom, we need to know how to sow right, don't we? <laughs> we need to know how to do it correctly. And we've been going over some principles about tithing. We bring the tithe to the Lord. We bring it in honor to Him. It is His. But the rest of it, the rest of the 90% is ours. And from it, we sow. We give from God what is ours. You don't give from God what is someone else's. You give from, to God what is yours. The Word of God says, you have robbed me. How, did, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You cannot rob someone unless it belongs to them. And God has said that whatever it is that we have, the increase that we receive, that first tenth goes to him. And so that's what we do when we, we do that. And there's a blessing that is on bringing the tithe. Even if you never get into sowing, there is a blessing that is on bringing the tithe. And after you bring the tithe, there's, there's sowing and then there's reaping. And there's a blessing that's on sowing. And there's a blessing on giving of alms. And we're going to be going over all these different things here as we get through this, these parts. Just in review, we sow from what is our own into God's ministries, God's ministers, or wherever God commands us. That's sowing. Good seed, we want to make sure that when we sow things, we sow good seed. Good seed is what is true. It's word that is true. You cannot sow bad word. If you don't have a grip of the word of God, if you don't have an understanding of it, don't go out there and sow it. Get a hold of it. Word that is true when understood and things that are good and desirable. Don't sow junk. If you don't want it, if you don't like it, then there's no need to, to have that in, in someone else's life. I heard one minister was saying that, uh, oh, I think it was, I think it was Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin said this when he was over there and he had a parsonage and he was uh, pastoring a church. He said uh, some folks came to the door and brought some clothes for him. It says we were on our way over to the Goodwill store. We were going to give these over there to them. But we thought, well, why don't we just bring them over to the pastor? <laughs> and they brought them, and they said they were full of holes, and they were wore out, and just, it, was, it was junk. And that's what they uh, brought in. Don't, don't sow bad seed. Don't do that. If you're going to give something to God, make sure it's something that's good. Make sure it's something that, you, that you, it should cost you something. David knew when he was going to buy that land for the altar, it's got to cost me something. And it needs to, needs to do that. We said it before, you cannot sow what you do not treasure to reap what you cannot measure. If you want to reap something good, you've got to sow something good. Last week we were looking at Abraham. We saw that uh, God went from telling Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to take you to a land that I want to show you. And again, he said, Abraham, I'm going to take you to a land I'm going to show you. And then all of a sudden... God changes the terminology, and he says, Abraham, I'm going to give you. He went from showing to giving. How many of y'all know there's a difference between showing and giving? You may have something that you really like, and you want to show it to some people. You don't want to give it to them. <laughs> you want to show it to them. But then God may say, I want you to give that one. To the. There's a difference between showing and giving. And God was saying, first off, I'm going to show it to you. Then I'm going to show it to you, and then I'm going to give it to you. So we went over what changed, what happened. And we saw all that had occurred in the Word of God was that God gave the command for him to leave where he was and to go to a land that I will show you. And again, when he got stopped over at Haran, God said, leave and go. And when he got to the land, all of a sudden the terminology changed. And God said, Abraham, look around. I'm going to give this to you. And we saw the only thing that he did was he left. So then we looked over in the New Testament. And we saw the Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, 
Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children's and lands with persecutions in the age to come eternal life. Lands was right in there. Abraham left the land and he got a land. And God said, now that you left it, I'm going to give it to you. This one I'm going to give to you. Luke put it this way, Luke 18, verse 30. Who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come. When you leave what God tells you to leave, not run from what you don't like. That's not the same thing. When you leave what God tells you to leave. When God tells you to leave something, it's generally going to hurt. When Abraham left his home country, his home place. How many of y'all know there's some pain involved? He's going to a place he doesn't even know, doesn't have any ties to. Well, this week we want to take a look at some more of this, the reaping part. We want to reap. When we want to reap, we want to sow. We're looking at targeted sowing. How is it that I can uh, target a harvest that I want? We've heard people talk about that before, but how do I do it? If I need a particular harvest, what is it that I need to, to do? And, you know, we, we, we look at uh, Jesus. Jesus was sown. God sowed his firstborn son, right? Did he do it to receive all the firstborn sons? But he sowed a firstborn son. Abraham sowed a firstborn son. How is it that God didn't receive back all the firstborn sons? God sowed what was precious to him to receive back something precious. Not just firstborn sons. Remember when he gave the parable of the pearl and the treasure? He calls us what? Precious. Pearl of great price. Great price. He sees this as precious. He sowed his most valuable thing to receive back something very valuable. And that was us. We need to know what we need or what we desire. Sometimes we're just out there and we're just sowing stuff. Well, a farmer knows that you, if you're going to sow some things, you've got to first off, what are, what are we going to sow? And then is this good land for it? Is this a good place to, to grow things? How many of y'all know some of the things that are good to grow around here? Corn. People sow corn. You go over to New Jersey, you see something different. They'll sow corn over there too, but you know what? They'll, they'll sow a lot of blueberries. If you want blueberries, where do you go? You go over to New Jersey. They, they grow them all over the place out there. Why? They got good soil for blueberries. They like that little bit of sandiness that's in there. And uh, so if you want that, if you want to sow blueberries... It's probably not a good idea to buy a, a, a plot in Arkansas. You want to get the, the right land for it. You want to do the right thing. We want to have some knowledge on this. How do we sow with a purpose? How do we have a target? So first off, we need to find out what do I truly need in this life? What do I really need? Sometimes what we think we need is just too general. Sometimes people just say, well, I just need money. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, money will take care of a lot of things, right? But what do you need? What, do you, what did Jesus always ask people when they came up to him? What do you need? If they said, I want to be healed, what would he say? Of what? <laughs> what do you want to be healed of? He'd ask that of a blind person. What do you want to be healed of? It's, we're, we're too general sometimes. Well, God, I need money. No, come on. Let's be a little bit more specific about this. So don't just say, I need money. Maybe you ought to be looking more. What, what, what exactly am I saying? Maybe one thing might be, maybe should be a better job. God, I want a better job. I want a job that pays me better. Uh, I want um, more clients or customers. Maybe you have a business and what helps you is clients or customers. Maybe you have a job, but you like a better job. Maybe you're in a co corporation and like to be promoted in that corporation. Maybe you would like a raise. Maybe you like the job that you're doing. Be specific about it. What is it that you want? Now, what I to I've told you this story before, but I'll tell it to you again. There was a, uh, when I came back from, from Tulsa, I took the first job I could get. Because how many of y'all know it's good to work? It is a good thing to work. And so I took a job. I worked at a place that's no longer there. But if you know where the Pier 1 Imports is, there used to be a place in there called Adams Warehouse. 
It doesn't look anything like what it did when Adam's warehouse was there. It looks a whole lot better. It didn't look all that great when we were in there. It was kind of, it was not what you think of as clothing stores today. It's just tile floor and racks on the floor and, and they just had suits out there and you'd sell them. So I was selling suits. And I, I learned how to read people when they came in. If you came through the door, I can't do this now. But if you came through the door when I worked at Adam's Warehouse, I would size you up and tell you exactly what size suit you needed, what size pants you needed. I could also size up within minutes. Took a few long time, but I could size up within minutes what your tastes were. I don't know why. I just developed that. I could, t- I could size you up. I could tell whether you like gray suits, blue suits. I could tell whether you like colors or you're more black and white. I, c- I could just tell that. And I could sell people what they wanted. And uh, just developed that. It, I didn't get paid well for it. It's just something, you know, we did. If I looked at a person now, I couldn't tell them what, the, what size they were. Might have a rough idea, but I mean, I could nail it. And uh, I had one guy, he came on in, and I knew what size he was. But I didn't take him there. I took him someplace else. And he looked over at me, he says, it's okay if you take me to the portly section. I said, okay then. <laughs> so we went over to the portly section. You see, you don't just take everybody over to the portly section. Not everybody realizes that they're portly. <laughs> so you have to be a little bit more careful with that. So uh, I, I knew that's where he belonged, and we would eventually work our way over there, but we didn't do it at, at that time. So I had this job, and it didn't pay very well. It, uh, it, it kind of got you on by. So the request I made, I said, God, I need a better job. And this was a retail job. We worked a lot of weekends. I didn't work Sundays. I went in there and said, I'll work Fridays for you. I'll work Saturdays for you. I won't work Sundays. And so we worked off of that deal. And uh, I had Sundays off, but I worked in there on Fridays. I worked there on Saturdays. And I was starting being a a, a youth leader. And so I kind of needed the whole weekend off. I needed Friday nights off. I needed. So uh, I said, God, I want a job that doesn't have me work on the weekends. I want a job that's pretty much Monday through Friday. During the daytime, I want to be off evenings. I want to get paid more money. And I, just, I don't know why, I just threw this into it. I said, I'd also like a job that would get me to know all the roads in the area. <laughs> because I didn't know the roads in the area, and I had to do a lot of visiting people, and things like that. You know, there'd be roads, and I just don't know all the roads that well. I hadn't really, I'd never had a car the whole time I was up in this area. I never drove on them. So I figured that'd be real good to, just to know the roads in the area. And so we got a, 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 a job opportunity that came with the Kelchner's Horseradish Place, and they would be driving around on all the roads. I would learn all the roads in the area. I get paid to learn the roads in the area. My pay was almost double from what I was getting paid before, and, and this was good. This was a good thing. That's what I asked God for something specific. I didn't just say, God, I need more money. I said, God, I want a better job. I didn't ask for a promotion in the, the place I was at. I didn't want to work there. Wasn't the place. I enjoyed selling suits. I learned some stuff. Had some fun time with selling the suits. But um, I didn't want to stay there. So I knew I didn't want a job promotion where I was. What I wanted was a new job. And so I asked God, I want a new job. And I listed out those things. I thought I was a little crazy on the specific part. When I was asking Monday through Friday, no weekends. And I want to learn the roads. I began to think, that's kind of crazy. And it took a little while. It wasn't right away. It took a little while to work around and and find some things, but this job opened up, and, and we took that. And uh, as, as much as it lined up, it didn't take me more than a month or two that I questioned whether I took the right job. <laughs> I don't know if God wants me to. I, maybe I jumped the gun. I don't know if I should have taken this job because it was, it was not fun. I was not enjoying my work. I was not enjoying the, the things that were going on. I told you some of the stories. One time they were taking me around on the, on, the, the, on the route, showing me the route. Well, you can't see the route from the back seat, and there is no back seat in one of the step vans. So what they did was they took a folding chair and we put it in the back seat. A folding chair and a step van. You can tell what happens when they put the brakes on. The, the chair folds up. There's no heat in the step van except it just blows hot air on the driver. That's it. And so I froze. Oh, you don't, I've never been so cold. It was so cold. One time I came back to church to do some things in the evening. It was, I was so cold it took me a couple hours to stop shivering. It was cold. I was thinking, this is, this is not a good job. This is not a good place. <laughs> all right, I'm getting more money. I'm doing all these other things, but I must have missed God some more. But I stayed with it. Ended up being one of the most fun jobs I ever had. Really enjoyed it. Looked forward to it. But it took almost a year to get there. It didn't happen overnight. But after a year, they asked me. They said, look, we need somebody experienced to go out there and take over the shore runs. Will you take the shore runs? I took over the shore runs. And all oh, did I have fun. Down the shore all the time, it was a good thing. 
But you see, you've got to be specific. Don't just say, give me more money. What, how, do you, how do you foresee that money coming? Are you looking for a better job? If you want a better job, you've got to get yourself better qualified. What, what can you do? Because everybody, everybody wants to be paid all kinds of money, but they don't want to do anything. If you want to get paid all kinds of money, you've got to do something that is worth that for someone to do. That's what you've got to do. When I went and asked for a counselor's horse riders for a raise, I realized I first off got to be making them money. I've got to make some money for them. If I'm making money for them, I can ask them for a raise. If I'm not making money for them, I'm not, I, I can't bother asking for a raise. I've got to understand it's got to be a win-win situation. So what should you be asking for? If we don't put thought into our harvest, how can we sow properly? You've got to put some thought into your harvest. What is it that you want to receive? What is it that you want God to do? This is basically the same thing Jesus would say. What do you want me to do for you? And he didn't want general things. He wanted specifics. What are you asking for? What do you want? That I might see. That I might hear. Heal my daughter. Heal my son. They had specifics. What do you specifically want? And just because you ask for it, don't believe that it's just going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Sometimes there's some battles that you're going to go through for that thing because the enemy doesn't want you to have it. God wants you to have it. The enemy doesn't want you to have it. Thoughts are going to come in, talk you out of having that thing. Don't be, don't be letting that go on. Put some thought into your harvest. Now, there's some places in the Word that give us understanding on sowing and reaping. But they don't look like they're teaching about sowing and reaping. I want to give you an example here. In Luke chapter 16, in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in righteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts, for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of of God. Be careful justifying yourself before men. It's one of the things the Pharisees did. But look at what they did here. If you have not, verse 12, if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? This is talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. What you are to, if you want to reap something that is your own, if you want to reap a ministry for God, what do you need to sow? A ministry? No. What do you need to sow? Faithfulness. Faithfulness to another ministry. When you, when you serve faithfully to another ministry, who will give you what is your own? Come on, say it. It's right there. God. God will give you what is your own. Too often, we have been faithful to people looking for people people to give us the harvest. God will give it. But he's teaching you sowing and reaping right here. Sow faithfulness. How long do you need to sow faithfulness in someone else's ministry before you receive your own? Now understand this, what you may call faithful, God may not call faithful. What you need to do is sow faithfulness in the eyes of God, not in your eyes. That's what you got to do. You got to sow faithfulness in the sight of God. What does God call faithfulness? Regardless of what you call faithfulness, regardless of what other people call faith faithfulness, what does God call faithfulness? That's what you need to do. How many of y'all know sometimes we've been doing some things and we're, we're patting ourselves on the back about how faithful we are. And we aren't, we aren't being, we're not being faithful. I've told you this story before, but it bears repeating. Back over at Kelcher's Horseradish, we're over there selling. You know, I've, it took me a, a little while to get the knack of selling, but I finally got the knack of selling, figured out how to sell some stuff. 
and uh, was, was doing better. My first year there, they let me know afterwards. They said, we, we weren't sure you were going to make it. Because I, I was selling. I was okay. I was holding the, holding the own, but I wasn't selling that much. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't doing exactly what they wanted to do. But when they set me free down at the shore and I took over that, uh, I don't know what it was. It clicked. Something clicked. I did a little bit better with it. They told me that that route is saturated. You don't need to do anything with it. Just maintain it. I didn't just maintain it. I doubled it. And then doubled it again. We just, I, something clicked on the inside of me. Isn't it good when something clicks on the inside of you? I mean, I was a dope before that trying to do this stuff, and I just wasn't doing it right. But finally, it clicked in there. But, you know, we want, you want to be faithful, and I tried to be faithful with them. I was faithful with their money. I watched over their money. I always made sure I found the cheapest uh, diesel gas I could find. I didn't just stop at expensive places, but I found out who had the less expensive stuff, and I organized the whole route so that I could get from this one to this one to this one and, uh, and, and save them money on that. If I didn't need to be on a toll road, I'd be off the toll road. So I didn't, they didn't have to pay the toll because a truck pays a lot more tolls than you do. You think your tolls are bad. You ought to see what it is for a truck, especially one the size that I had to drive. We had to pay some tolls. You didn't just get on the Atlantic City Expressway and pay 50 cents. Back then, that's what it was. It was 50 cents. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's gone up. It, it, it costs some money. You go over the bridge with one of those things, you know, you'd find out which one of the cheaper bridges. Can I save the company some money going this way instead of that way? How much more mileage? How much more time? And when I would do all that figured out, I was thinking I'm being pretty faithful. But one of the things I was not doing was I was going around and I was grumbling and complaining about stuff. That's not being faithful. I would grumble and complain that we didn't have product to sell. We'd be out of cocktail sauce. We would be out of Old Bay seasoning. We would be out of this spice. We would be out of this. Uh, pro- just, we just run out of stuff. You, know, you can't sell what you don't have. It wasn't just on an occasional basis. It was regular. We would run out of this product, run out of that product, run out of this thing over here. I'd come into the places that we don't have a whole lot of the PCPs. You got to go sparingly on them. And so, uh, so I learned how to defend against that. And so what I would do was I had a couple of people who didn't mind me stocking them up. And so instead, if they only needed 10, I'd give them 20. If they needed 20, I'd give them 30. I'd just stock them up. So, all right, well, I got a little bit of a buffer. <laughs> I can draw. They don't need as many because I, I have them going pretty good. And they didn't mind because they understood that, if, you know, if we run out and you don't have any, you don't have any for that week. And you go ahead and do that. And so we, we had it all cleared out. We would do stuff like this. But, you know, it just gets to you after a while. And I remember this one day, I remember very vividly, I was in the truck loading up with the, with the other driver. And com- we were complaining back and forth. We were just, uh, I don't know, God must have listened to that. He just, uh, what is wrong, wrong with these people? Especially me. I'm supposed to be born again, spirit-filled, no better. I'm in there complaining. I can't believe we're out of this. I can't believe we're out of this. We're always out of this stuff. And we're just going at it. We're just, and, and finally it clicked down the inside of me. Why are you complaining all the time? Well, we, we have a right to complain. We don't have stuff. And so, uh, well, no, we, we couldn't do that. So I, I'm not supposed to complain. So I had to go in and repent to my boss. I'm sorry, I've been complaining about this. Uh, uh, but you know what? I want to try and help you out with this thing. I said, would it be helpful if I took over the order of the, any of these things? And, uh, you know, because the word of God says this, contend together. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's going to work. And I had an idea. I could help him out. He's not able to get in there. He was, he was the boss. He oversaw the whole company. I understood that, you know, it's not as big of a priority for him to get the old bay order in time or, or something like that. So uh, I have it if I do the ordering for you. And so he said, well, you know, that may not work. And, and I don't know. He was maybe looking at, you know, here's this uh, young kid. He's complaining around here a bunch of time. Maybe he wouldn't do that good of a job of it. <laughs> He might have had good reason for, for not wanting to do that. But whatever it was, he, um, he, he did verse this. He said, look, you don't know the cash flow. I know the cash flow that goes on here. And you may put in too big of an order, and we don't have enough. It'll tie, tie up the money. I said, boy, that's a good concern. I said, okay, I tell you what. How about if we do this? I'll write up the order. I'll do the whole thing. I'll write up the order, and I'll submit it to you. And then you can call it in when you think that we can, uh, we can do it. He said, well, you know what? That might work. Let's go ahead and do that. So I wrote it up the order, and uh, I would turn it into him. He'd look it over. He said, well, I'll tell you what, you just call it. That's okay to do. Go ahead and do that one. You call it. In. And so I did that a couple more times. And then after a while, he just said, you know what? You got the knack of this thing. Just go ahead as we need it. You just go ahead and order it. And so he went ahead and ordered it, and we got the stuff on in. And we no longer were running out of product unless, you know, I kind of, hopefully I didn't do that. I don't remember doing that, but I might have. 
We tried to stay up on that and, um, and keep that thing going. But then my production manager came up to me and he says, you know what? You opened up this company into a whole new area. He says, because I've been trying for years to get him to help me, to, to let me order the bottles and the lids and the different products we need to make the stuff. And we would be behind. I couldn't make PCPs, portion control packs, because we didn't have the cups. We didn't have the lids. I couldn't, we couldn't do certain products because the labels weren't in and stuff like that. And you know what? He's, he's opened it up, and I can order the stuff now myself. I don't have to wait on him. And so he was able to open up. We never were out of cocktail sauce, horseradish, PCPs, or stuff like that. It, it, it kept going on. And it, because, you know, God will give you wisdom on this thing. God will help you to not be part of the problem. Don't sit around there complaining. Complaining is not faithfulness. It's not faithfulness. You're going to be faithful? Nope. You don't complain. You don't complain. Yeah, but you don't know what they're doing. It don't matter. Don't complain. You've got to learn that lesson. You've got to learn that. It, it's a hard lesson to learn. It's, it's so easy. Everybody around you, how many of y'all know, everybody around you complains about your boss. They complain about what they get paid. They complain about the working conditions. It's so easy to complain about it. Now, there might be some legitimate concerns that you have, and I'm not saying that you all throw them all out the window. Just talk to the right people about it. You might have a sounding board, talk to somebody, say, look, I think I've got to approach somebody about this. Can I talk to you about it? You know, maybe you can slap me across the face if I'm in the wrong area on this thing. Or <laughs> hey, certainly do stuff like that. But be faithful to that. If somebody comes to you and starts complaining about what's going on, uh, stop them. No, we don't need to, to do all that. Be faithful. Because it's not faithfulness as you think it. It's faithfulness as God. Now, how long you need to sow faithfulness, I don't have the answer to that. I don't always, I don't know exactly what that is. And for some people, it might be longer than others. Sometimes you were sowing a long time where you weren't quite sowing the right kind of faithfulness. But you got it right and got it, got it going. But if you look in the Word of God, there are some examples of some people who did go uh, pretty long. Moses... Was at it for how long? 80 years. For 40 years, he was uh, faithful in the house of Pharaoh. And that did real good for him, didn't it? He got booted out of that. And then he was uh, over in the wilderness. And I'm sure he was faithful as, uh, as a shepherd. They were happy to have him. And he was a faithful shepherd and did some good things for the folks over there. Uh, and after 80 years, God comes to him in the burning bush and said, it's time to, to go over here and do the thing I called you to do. And so then he, he goes. Let me take you to another story. Luke chapter 19. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. That's talking about our Jesus. Our Jesus is going to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He has left the earth. He has gone to receive a kingdom and he will return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minas and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Complainers. They made their way into the story. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good and faithful, or good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over 10 cities. What did he use as a measuring rod for, for giving him 10 cities? How faithful he was with the one mina. Verse 18, and the second came, Master, your mina has earned five. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. Then came another saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit, reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, doesn't say it's true. He just says, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit, reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that you, that am I coming, I might have collected it with interest? Then he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has 10 minas. But they said to him, master, he has 10 minas. For I say to you, that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. If you are not faithful with what you have, God will take it away. If you are faithful with what you have, no matter how little it is, God will add to it. God will increase it. 
For I say to you that everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. So you can see what God says about complainers. Don't be one of them. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's so easy, especially, it just seems like this area is very prone to it. Just, uh, just don't be that beacon of light. Be that one. I told you before, I fell into it. I knew better. I shouldn't have done it. I did it anyway. And as soon as God slapped me upside the face with it, I said, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. I, I should not have done it. Didn't matter what the boss did. Didn't matter what the company did. Didn't matter any of that sort of stuff. It mattered that I was wrong. And then we had to fix it. Put in your outline, if you want a ministry or a work for God, sow faithfulness. Sow it. If you want something to do for God, sow faithfulness. Be faithful in supporting another one. How long should I do that? Until you get another ministry. Until you get another work for God. Keep going at it. Do not stop. Keep being faithful. How long was Joseph faithful for? (laughs) 17 years he served those different people. And he was faithful to his father before that. He just kept being faithful. He kept seeing like he went downwards, going down. Do you think he had some stuff to complain about? We don't find him complaining. And all the while, God's making him ready. God's getting him ready for, for what he called him to be. And, and when it was time, he was ready, and he stepped right in. Now, whom do you receive it from? We already answered that one for you. God. You get it from God. There are many who have moved into the harvest in this area before sowing the proper seeds. There are people who have taken on ministry, started ministry, started to work for God, done things for God before they have sown the proper seeds. And problems came out. Problems came out. You need to sow a certain amount of things before you can, you can step into that. I've told you before, my qualifications for people that are in leadership in this country, president, uh, especially president, you, my, my qualifications for president are simple. Run something big. That's it. Run something big. If you haven't run anything big, you cannot run this country. Cannot do it. A, a, a senator, a congressman, that's not a prep. You don't, you don't prep. I've said that over and over. There are some people in the past that have run, but all they ever were were a senator or a congressman or something like that. They didn't run anything big. You don't, it's, it's, a senator's office is not big. It won't get you ready for what's ahead. The good prepping grounds are a, a mayor of a really large city, not just any city, governor of a state, or someone who ran a big company. Those are people that can run the country. They're, I mean, no one, n- nothing is running the country. It's not like you can just uh, take another job and train for it on the job. No, you take the job of president, you are going to be learning on the job because it's bigger than anything you did before. But run something big. Know how to run something big. And we've had a, a lot of folks that have taken off the office of president, haven't run anything big, and their presidency showed it. It uh, comes with a problem. Joseph had to learn how to run some things. He ran prisons. He ran a household. He ran some things. He ran them well. Now he says, we're going to promote you to what? Run the country. He was being prepared for it. You need to be prepared. God is going to do things. He's going to put you in some things to get you ready. Let him get you ready. But there are many who have moved into the harvest area. They've harvested a ministry. They have harvested a work, but they did not do the sowing. Because of it, they can't sustain the work that they did. Give you some other examples in your outline there too. Joshua. Joshua was faithful with uh, Moses for how long? In excess of 40 years anyway. He was faithful for a long time. And when Moses died, what did Joshua do? He took over. He took over. David was faithful to Saul. Before that, David was faithful watching over his father's flocks. So much so that he put his life on the line when a lion and a bear came to take his father's flocks. Put himself on the line. No, you're not going to take these. They belong to somebody. And he, he went out there and he, he was faithful. And when he became king, he did a pretty good job, didn't he? 
He made some mistakes, but he did a pretty good job. There are other people, many more examples in the Word of God than just these four guys. But these are four that at least get you thinking on it. They were faithful first before God gave them anything. Mark eleven twenty four. What's that say? Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, the word there, ask, whatever things you ask, the word actually means ask or desire. The King James renders it desire. Some other translations render it that way. But it's something that you need to ask for, and it needs to be something that you have a desire for. Whatever things you ask or desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. What kind of things do you need? What kind of things do you desire? It isn't just need. God is not just moved by need. God wants to do more than just that. Remember when he said to David, when David got caught up in a problem? He said, David, if what I gave you hadn't been enough, all you need to do is ask me. I would have given you more. Sometimes we think God is just a God of just enough. Yet he took Israel into a land of abundance. A land that was overflowing. When he gave the harvest of the fish to the disciples, it was more than enough. When he had the food for the 5,000, it was more than enough. When he drained, uh, rained down manna on the people, they were only allowed to collect what was needed. But how much did he rain down? More than enough. We serve a God who is more than enough. He will supply you with more than enough. He wants to give you more than enough. We looked at it last week. Judah went out and took land. How much land did they take? How much they needed? No, they took more than enough. They took more than they needed. They said, we have so much land, Simeon. Come on, take some of our land. You can have some of ours. We, we can't even use it all. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the what? The desires of your heart. You can have some desires, and just understand this. God is not against you having desires. Sometimes we get that religious mentality that you look around at certain people and they have a nice car, they have a nice watch, they have a nice uh, purse, they have a nice briefcase, they have a nice, what, a nice house. Oh, that's more than any one person needs. Why does that, they don't need that. Oh, I, that's more car. Why do you have three cars? Why, why, do you have a, why do you have all this stuff? You don't need all that stuff. We get, they get that religious mentality. God wants you to have stuff. And he wants you to bless other people, too. He wants you to have more than enough. God is, uh, I heard um, one minister say this. They said, I am, God said to him, I am not against my people having things. I'm against my people becoming covetous. I thought, that's pretty good. God does not want us to be covetous. doesn't mind if we have things. Well, we need to know what to sow. Ruth, we looked at last time, Ruth sowed kindness. She was kind to Naomi. In sowing kindness, she, she reaped not only kindness back, she reaped stuff. She eventually got married to a rich guy and became a rich woman. <laughs> because It all started because she sowed kindness. Did that cost any money? No, but she sowed kindness. She sowed kindness and got back kindness, money, riches. And she did pretty good, huh? Stop going around saying, well, I, I don't know what, I don't have anything to sow. Sure you do. Ruth sowed kindness. Be kind. Jesus was about his father's business. He said to his parents when they were looking, we're looking all over for you. Why don't you know I'd be about my father's business? You think that was one day? You think one day out of the first 30 years he was about his father's business? I don't think so. I think he was about his father's business most of the time. He was faithful. I get a picture of Jesus showing up at the synagogue. What do you need done? And doing whatever needed to be done. He's faithful. How about John the Baptist? John the Baptist said, I go before. I'm making the announcement. I'm just going before. Uh, and, he, and he was doing the things to prep the way. And when the, when the one came, what did John do? He backed off. This is, the, this is the one. You need to follow him. Some of his own disciples went and followed him. Andrew was one of John's disciples. Then he went and followed Jesus afterward. John lost all of his disciples. 
Eventually he got, ended up in prison. People forgot about him. He could be thinking, man, this was a bad deal. Now it was popular. People coming out to the meetings. Then all of a sudden, nothing. Now I'm in prison. No one even cares. They beheaded him. Took his head off. You think uh, John got the short end of the stick? He was faithful. What does the word of God promise those who give their life for the sake of the gospel? The crown of life. Not everybody gets that one. You know, John the Baptist, he's going to get one. Probably already has. He's going to get a crown of life. He had words spoken about him. How many people do you know that Jesus said this about? When he was talking about John the Baptist, he said, I say to you, there is not a greater than John the Baptist among the prophets. He also threw away and he said, yet if anyone is least in the kingdom of God, he's greater than John. I think he's telling us that John knew how to be least. Better than anyone else did. He did it well. Could you imagine having Jesus say that about you? I think if Jesus said that about any one of us, we'd be, that's it, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> it don't get any better than this. This is as high as it gets. Hmm. What a, what a way to leave a memory on this earth. Well, Peter sowed his boat, right? If you sowed a boat, what should you, what should you get back? <laughs> but what he really sowed was what Jesus asked. Isn't it? What did Jesus say? Let me use your boat. Put it out there in the water for a little bit. He just, he just did what Jesus asked. I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot about that. In uh, John chapter 2, on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When they, came out of, when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And there it is. Now there, were, there was there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the masters of the feast. And they took it. So then what happened after that? Water was, was wine, the best wine that they had tasted, best wine that was there. I put this in your outline for you. Obedience yields much in the kingdom of God. Obedience yields much in the kingdom of God. Be obedient to do what God says. When Peter was asked by Jesus, put out in a little bit and let me use your boat. What did Peter do? He did it. Obedience yields much in the kingdom of God. If God tells you, do such and such, even if it seems so small. Brother Keith used to, Brother Keith Moore used to talk about a story uh, where one time a lady came up to him and says, this seems kind of silly to do. It seems like it's such a small amount. I, I, I don't even feel like it's worthwhile. But all I have on me is $2.50 or something like that. It was $2 and something. It was some change. That's all I have on me. And God told me to give it to you. And so Brother Keith says, all right, I'll receive it. So he received the $2.50. He said before she got out the door of the church, someone handed her $200. <laughs> it's one of those stories I remembered. Yeah. Uh, it's, sometimes we will talk ourselves out of doing what God said to do because we feel like it's too small. It, and, uh, I'd be embarrassed to go up there and do it. I'd be embarrassed to go up there and to, and to say that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, sometimes, how many of y'all know, sometimes you just need cash. <laughs> I go around most times, I don't even carry cash. I'm down to, down to shore and, uh, you know, down to shore driving around. I don't need cash. What do you need cash for? You know, I got easy pass. I don't even need tolls. <laughs> I just drive on by and uh, let it electronically take out. You save money that way too, by the way. Not everybody knows that. You save money on your tolls. Your tolls are cheaper if you have easy pass. So we'll do a little plug for easy pass there. Uh, I don't do it for the saving of money. I do it because I save time. I drive by lines, looking at people, waiting in line, long lines, to get through to pay the toll, and I just go by them at 30, 40, 50 miles an hour. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> I'd like to tell them, you know, you could do this too. There's lots of room over here. 
<laughs> I especially like those high-speed ones where you don't have to slow down. You know, if it's 65 miles an hour, you go 65 miles an hour right on through there. This is good. Uh, no slowing down to five miles an hour. No, 65 miles an hour, Atlantic City Expressway, zoom, right on through. Oh, man, I like that. That's good. But um, there was one time I was down there, and I was driving around on some spots, and, and uh, it, was, it was not too long after the storm. I just wanted to check out some of the places, see how they were doing in the storm. And so I took Ocean Drive instead of the Garden State Parkway. And I'm driving up and down there, and, you know, they have these nice bridges. Well, these bridges are great because you get to see the bay, the ocean, and the little inlet that's there, and you go over. I love those bridges. They're so much fun. If you don't go over those bridges ever, you've missed some things down at the shore. They're, oh, they're, they're, they're really nice. So I go over all these bridges and hit that, and uh, they have a toll booth set up. And the toll booth is both ways. And, uh, and, and the toll is a buck and a half now. Used to be less than that. Now it's a buck and a half every time that you want to go by there. And uh, have a big, big sign, no easy pass. <laughs> you got to have cash. I don't always carry cash. So I'm looking at, I got a quarter here. I, <laughs> I was able to scrape together a buck and a half and, and give it to him. And I got on through and said, man, I sometimes need some cash. You never know how you might bless somebody. You, God just says, give that person whatever it is that you told her to give. And you don't know that you might. You, sure, you, surely you could say, oh, if I could only go over to a Mac machine, I could bless them with much more. Can't. This is what you got. And God says, give it. If God says, give it, do it. Whatever God calls you to do, do it. Just like uh, Mary said, whatever he says to you, do it. Because when God speaks to you and says, I need you to sow, he's telling you there's a good field over here. You got some good seed. I want you to sow it because I want to bring you a harvest and I need to help them out. Get out there and to, and to do it. One person um, was telling us a story. They... Uh, had, had heard of a need that someone had. And the need was something, it was over $1,000 that this person needed. Uh, it, was, it may have been a couple of thousand dollars, but it was, it was a good-sized need. And they heard about it, and they said, you know, it'd be kind of a stretch for us to, to do that, but, you know, they really have this need. I'd, I'd like to try and help them out. And so it was their desire to, to go over there and to sow that. And God says, no, I've dealt with somebody else about it. And so they didn't. And then one, one morning, they woke up, and God dealt with them on the inside. That, that person, wire them the money today. But I thought you said you gave that to somebody else. Wire the money today. <laughs> they need it. Wire the money today. Oh, all right, but I thought that somebody else was, was supposed to do all that. They, they turned it down. And I know that you'll obey. Well, they felt pretty good about that. <laughs> and so they said it was tough. We had to scrape together some stuff, but we got it together and we, we sent it on over to them. And God blessed them for it. If, just listen to God. See, when we have a need, God is going to point us to a place to sow. Don't just sit there and wait with your hand out. God is going to point you to a place to sow. Put this in your outline too. If you need help, sow some. If you need wisdom, sow some. Some things are direct. If you need something, sow it. And the same way that you sow it, it's going to be brought back to you. I've heard it said before, you know, if you sow in fives, it'll be returned to you in multiples of fives. If you sow in fifties, it'll be returned to you in multiples of fifties. If you sow in hundreds, it'll be returned to you in multiples of, isn't that right? Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Makes sense. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. He who supplies seed to the sower. If you need to sow for a particular thing, then what do you need to do? Put seed in the ground. If you don't have seed, Father God, I need some seed. I need some seed to, to sow. If you need wisdom, what do you need to sow? Well, I've got to have wisdom for somebody else so I can sow that. If you need help, what do you need to sow? I've got to sow what help I can sow. I, I can sow some, I, I, whatever you got. You've got to sow it. You've got to look for an opportunity out there to sow it. If you, need, if you need money, then you need to sow money. Whatever it is that you want. If you need a ministry, you've got to sow some faithfulness. That's what God looks at to, 
to do that. But he's going to supply some seed to you. If you have no seed, then say to God, Father God, I need some seed. He'll send you some seed. Don't eat it. See, too often, sometimes, you know, people come up and they'll bless you with something. And you just, you just use it. But be careful with that. I mean, sometimes you're supposed to. God, you need to have a need. And you say, Father God, we need this. And here it comes. And, and all right, go ahead and do that. But be careful. Sometimes God is sending you some, some of it's supposed to be seed. Put that seed out there. And, and be doing that. He will supply seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Multiply the seed you have sown. Aren't you glad that you don't sow one corn seed and get back one corn? That's not good. No, he multiplies it to you. He shows it to you. And everything that you do, it gets multiplied. Isaiah 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. We've got to adopt that into our, our way of thinking. Too often we want God to do things according to our way. And, he, and God says, I don't need you to sow that. That doesn't make sense. This is what I need. Why am I sowing that? Why would I give that to this person? Why would I do that this way? No, just listen to God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. When you sow and you put out and you receive a harvest, some of that is to be seed. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. When he sends out his word, he expects his word to go out and to do something and to bring back more to prosper, to become abundant. Now, beside this, we need to know what to reap. When seeds are sown, watch for the harvest. When you sow a seed, watch for the harvest. You've got to watch for it. And, and, and going back on this, God will provide seed for you. Sometimes God has provided us seed and we were not aware of it because we weren't looking for it. You've got to be keeping your eyes open for seed. God is going to give you opportunities at work, in the neighborhood, places where you're at, to sow kindness. Look how it worked out for Ruth. One of the things that, uh, and this, maybe this, this helps you, you need customers or clients. You know, we make bunk beds. You know what we need to make bunk beds? Customers. Right? If you don't have customers, you don't have anybody buying bunk beds. If you don't have anybody buying bunk beds, you aren't making any bunk beds. If you're not making any bunk beds, you're not making any money. Isn't that right? So uh, I, did, I don't know when this started up, but sometime, some years ago, we, when we got the website set up and got some things done on it, we had some phraseology on the website that attracts people from all over the country. And I get inquiries from California, Texas, Washington State, Virginia, Florida, Maine, New Hampshire, Arkansas, Oklahoma. I've gotten stuff all over the place. Just people calling in and, 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 and doing this. Well, we just, just this last week, I got one from Illinois. It's not the first one I've gotten from Illinois. I think I've gotten about two or three from Illinois. And um, I don't know the state real well, get their zip code. So you know what? This, it, it, it's not something that I'm going to reap off of. It's not a harvest for me. But you know what it is? I picked this up a few years ago, and I, when I found out what it was, I, I applied more attention to them. They're seeds. They're seeds. What do I need to reap? Customers. So what do I sow? Customers. Yeah. And so what I do is we have a central place where we all buy the hardware from. I call them up. Hey, Mary Lou. Hey, Ron. That's what did. Ron and Mary Lou is the guys who run it. I say, uh, you got anybody near this zip code? I sure do. Yeah, we got this person over here. All right, give me their phone number. I get their phone number. I call them up. Hey, I got a customer for you. I already got it worked out what they want. They want this, they want this, they want this. And we've worked out a lot of these things. And uh, uh, they've seen my prices. Uh, so, you know, you take a look at it. If your prices are lower than mine, you can raise them. I don't know. Their prices might be lower. 
And uh, I, I, we just go over that, and I'll sew that in. One person, only one so far, but one person actually wrote me back a comment for the webpage to put up on the webpage because we, we all took care of her so well, got her into somebody who uh, made him up a, a nice monk bed and, and took care of it. We didn't get a dime out of it, not a dime. All we did, we actually cost us money because it cost us money to call the people, call, the, call them all back. Uh, this guy over in Illinois, he called me up. I had two phone conversations with him. Uh, and then um, uh, finally got a, a person for him, called him back up and said, here's the person. Uh, they're going to be calling you. If they don't call you, call me back. He called me back in about a week. He said, I hadn't heard from him. Uh, what, what do you want me to do? I said, relax. I'm going to take care of it. I called up all the people I need to. We got it all taken care of and, and got it done. What are we doing? Why, we, why put so much attention into that? Because you're sowing customers. You know what you reap? Customers. We have never been a, a deficient on customers. We always have customers. I sometimes have, the last couple of months, I have had more customers than ever. I, have, I actually stopped all advertising. I couldn't advertise. I couldn't answer all the phone calls. I couldn't answer all the emails. About half the emails I had didn't get answered. I would sometimes come out of the shop, 9 o'clock, 9.30. I'd sit down and we'd have dinner. And I'd be so tired. My eyes could barely hold. I just couldn't keep them open. We'd try and watch something on TV. I'd fall asleep. And I remember one night this, this past week, three, three people. I got up early that morning. I was telling my wife, I have to get up early. I got to answer all these. These the people are waiting. I, I need to get back to them. And I got about half of them done. And I didn't get the rest. Of the, you know, you got to get stuff done. You don't make money if you don't if you don't make bunk beds. And so I came on back in at night. That It was real late at night. I just, I got to get these three done. Answered the three and, and uh, then just went to, went to bed. And I'm not advertising. There's no advertisements we have out there at all right now. It's just the website. Website's out there. I can't, I don't have time to renew them. And just, I mean, people calling it, they're big orders. It's taking up a lot of time. And my wife's in there, some helping me out getting the sanding done, getting the people taken care of. But, you know, you don't get to make so many at a, at, a, at a time. But we have customers. We have lots of customers. She was over there and said, how many, how many beds do we want to sell a week? All right, we need to sell this many. All right. So she's over there. We're, we're believing God for this many requests. And, this, <laughs> and, and we get them. Glory to God for that. But you know, we, we, I learned this is, this is customers. I need customers. So what do I do? I sell them. I saw them. I put them right back into the system. Why let them go? I called them up and I, you know, I've talked to them for a little while. These are, these are good people. These are going to be a good customer for you. And sometimes the guys actually call me back. And they say, uh, they were great customers. I always tell them, I said, I have the best customers out of anybody. And I do. I have the best customers. They, they're just out, outstanding. Now, sometimes we've even gone beyond that. God has given me some ideas in the area of bunk beds. And we do some stuff that no one else in the country does. I've talked with some people and I said, look, they want this feature. Oh, how do you do that? Oh, I can tell you. And I sow the whole idea. This is how you do it. And I just give it to them. This is how you do it. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. And uh, one guy I even saw, he put it up on his website. <laughs> I went back and looked it up. He put the whole thing right up on his website. He's got it out there. He has, has it as an option now. Charges the same amount for the option I do. <laughs> Glory to God. What do we do? God gave me ideas on what to do for these bunk bed designs, and I sold them to other people. What am I going to get back? I'm going to get back some more ideas of what to do. And, and you can do that. Look to sew it. Don't be stingy. Don't, no, that's my idea. I'm not going to give that to you. You can't, do, you can't use that idea. That's my idea. No, no, don't be stingy with it. That look, look for places that you can... You can be, uh, be, be good with it. Now, I understand I had no investment in the idea. It's just an idea that can't you just do this, 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 and this. We'd, we'd, I understand some places they have huge investments in creating, and they need to get some money back, and I understand that. I didn't have any money invested in any of the designs. God just gave me some things to do differently. We changed the way we did the trundle. We changed the way we do the size. We changed the way a few things, and it uh, works out real good for some folks. But, um, you know, it, it didn't cost us anything. We didn't have to recover any, any money on that. But look to sow. God's going to give you so seed. And sometimes you may just not have realized it. You know, customers end up being what? Money. <laughs> Isn't that right? 
they end up being money. I don't just have to say, God, give us money. I can say, God, give us customers. And he says, all right, here's, here's somebody. We're going to sell you these. And he, he shows us. They have, because everybody who calls me, they have a, something unique going on in the room. It's because of the terminology and the wording. They have something unique going on in the room. And, um, you know, we've, we've dealt with it. We've, we've handled some of those things. And I say, look, if they're having any trouble putting that into your room, I know how to do it. You have them call me. We'll take care of it. Or I just call them and say, they want this in the room. This is how you do it. If you've never done it. Have you done it? No, I never did that. How do you do it? This is how you do it. And we just tell them how to, how to get it done. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're selling stuff. Because what are we going to do? We're going to reap back stuff. Sow some things. Sow wisdom. God has given you wisdom. Sow it. Don't be stingy with it. Remember the guy who was stingy with forgiveness? What happened to his forgiveness? God pulled it back. He pulled it back. If you, want, if you want more wisdom to come to you, what do you need to do with the wisdom you have? Sow it. Sow it. Don't be stingy with it. Don't be like, well, God won't give me any more. Huh. Yeah, he will. He'll give you all that you, that you can get. Well, when seeds are sown, watch for the harvest. When it comes, don't use these kind of words. Well, I can't. I can't get it. I can't do this. Don't use I can't. Don't use I'm too tired. Oh, I know it's there. I'm, I'm just so t- I'm too tired. I'm busy. I can't stop God to write down that wisdom that you gave me. Don't do it. Go after it. When it comes, take that harvest. You sow wisdom, you sow revelation. If it comes, sow it, uh, get it. Go out there and reap it. If God wakes you up at 3 a.m. in the morning and says, here's some wisdom for you. Don't say not now. Say, yes, sir, thank you. That's good wisdom. God provides seed for the sower. Will he not also give the harvester what they need? You as a harvester will get what you need. If he's going to give you seed so that you can sow, do you think he's going to stop? Don't you think he's going to also give you what you need to harvest? Four things harvesting will involve. First off, it'll involve your action. You've got to do something. Harvest does not come to you automatically. You've got to do something. Your faith. As you have faith to sow, you will have faith to harvest. The disciples had to let down the nets in faith. Moses had to go somewhere in faith. Abraham had to go to a different land in faith. Harvesting involves faith. It's not automatic. It doesn't just fall into your hands. It'd be great if the corn would all get up in the middle of the night and go into the barn. But it doesn't do that. Your action, your faith, your attention. Focus. Give it your attention. Understand the harvest is coming. I need to be watchful for when the harvest comes. And your obedience. When God says to do something, do it. If you have a job, you're looking for a promotion, and God says, this is the time to go talk to the boss, go talk to the boss. If you're believing God for a raise and God says this is the time to, talk, to ask him for a raise, go and ask him for a raise. If you're looking for whatever it is you're looking for. If God says now's the time, what should you do? Now's the time. Don't talk yourself out of it. Remember that scripture we looked at? The person who considers the, the, the wind doesn't sow and considers the clouds doesn't harvest. If you're always looking at what the environment is, you will never sow and you will never harvest. Don't be, don't be looking at Four things you do for your involvement. Your action, your faith, your attention, and your obedience. And you will reap a harvest. But look for the seeds. Seeds are coming to you. It's not all just money. Money can be a seed, but it's not just money. There are other things to sow. Always be looking to sow. One more thing before you go. I heard this, this story. This, this is uh, something I wish I had heard before. How many of you when, you, when your kids are younger, I wish I heard this when I was, my kids were younger. We could, could have done better with this. How many when your kids are younger and they come to you and say, oh, I like that. Can we get that? How many times out of our own mouths have we said, we can't afford it? Right? We can't afford it. How many times have we even said that about ourselves? We can't afford it. Now, we're not saying go grab the credit card and because they want it, go out there and get it for them. That's not the idea. But this person was talking about how, uh, how it should have been done. And uh, they had shared it at a service. And uh, this one lady, she caught hold of it. 
And she, she learned about it. She said she's at the store and her daughter got her eyes on this bicycle. And she saw the bicycle and she said, oh, mommy, can I have that bicycle? And she, she, she's just about ready to, out of her mouth, honey, you know we can't. And she stopped herself. And she applied what it was that he said. And this is what he said to do. He said, instead of doing that, say, well, our God can, can, can do all kinds of things. What do you have to sew? And so what she, this little girl, she said, what do you have to sew? She said, well, I have this toy and I've been thinking about giving it to my friend. All right, let's go ahead and do that. So she went on home and she got that toy. It was a nice toy. It wasn't a piece of junk. It wasn't something outgrown. It was a nice toy. And she took that toy and she gave it to her friend. And um, it was, a, I don't know, it was a, I forget how long ago. It was, it was weeks or something like that. But a check came in the mail and the check was not made out to mom, was not made out to dad. It was made out to her. And the amount was right what they needed for the, for the bike. They went on down to the bike store. The bike happened to be on sale. They had enough money for that. I think you even got a helmet in there for, for, the, for that whole thing. And, uh, and what did the girl learn? Not that we can't afford it, so to get it. Better lesson? It's a better lesson that we learned that, isn't it? You may see some things that you cannot get right now, but it doesn't mean it's out of the reach of your father. So to receive. So to receive. God wanted Abraham to have a rich harvest. He said, I want your harvest to be that the entire world is blessed. That's a big harvest. He says, in order for that to happen, you got to sow. I need you to sow your son. He said, okay. When you need something big, God's going to give you an opportunity to sow Glory to God. Take that opportunity. Will you all stand up with me? If you didn't uh, get your praise report in, make sure you write that down. Get that over to Ray. Raise your hand up if you need one of those. We'll get those to you as we're, we're closing up here. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the help that you give us. That we need to open up our horizons to say we are not limited by the means that we have coming in. But our Father is greater. And our Father is able to open up doors where we've never seen. We do have seed, for our Father will provide us with seed. And we can sow. And we can sow so as to reap the thing that we need. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us. You want us to be blessed, not for the purpose that we have all the wants but, Father, that we have what we need, even the things that we desire, but have more than enough to bless those that are around us. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us on that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you didn't finish your praise report, you can keep on writing while we're reading off the ones that we have. Okay, um, Ray has one here. It says, God has given me continually wisdom to, to firefight at work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to put out fires, to solve problems, to make peace, and he blesses me and glorifies God. Amen. Susan said, the Lord gave me wisdom concerning an insurance issue. I received counsel, and it was confirmed through a second source. Praise God. And then Anna says she wants to praise the Lord for being there when we need him. All through the years, God has blessed her. He's been faithful to her and her family. He never leaves us or forsakes us. We just need to trust him. Amen. Amen. All right, you heard mine already, but that was this week. We got the Illinois one to sew, mm -hmm. and we got them. We got them sewn.